Get that jack jack, put it in pocket till I get back. Going downtown, see a man, and I ain't got time, shake your hand. Hit that jack jack, put it in pocket till I get back. Time and time waits for no man, and I ain't got time, shake your hand. Hit that jack jack, put it in pocket till I get back. Going downtown, see a man, and I ain't got time, shake your hand. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here's how it's going to be tonight. It's uh, it's going to show up a little bit of a shorter show, maybe by about a half hour. Who knows if we go over just a little bit. But if you're listening in the, the hereafter, if you are listening on demand, then this is not going to affect you. If you are sitting out there right now on one website or another waiting for the live show to go live, 30 minutes ago, you're probably wondering what happens? What happened? Frank is always on time. If he's not early, he's late. Well, I just first, before we start off, I want to thank Jim Lee, climateviewer.com for coming to the rescue in a huge way. I got to the studio here extra early because I had some great guests that were going to be joining me in studio, who I'm about to uh, of whom I'm, I will introduce you soon. Um, I, I, uh when I got here, the computer was not recognizing most of my monitors. So I'm thinking, okay, uh, I'm going to check the USBs, the HDMIs, and we'll get all this squared away. One thing led to another, and the computer started losing more and more functionality. I started, then I, then I started panicking a little bit because I'm thinking this is a lot more than just monitors. Get in touch with Jim, and even though he's having a shitty day, he got on with me, and for since... I think I would say from about 5:30 until just a little while ago. Just a little while ago, uh, he was ripping malware out of this thing. I don't even know how the hell it's happened. And reinstalling video drivers and all that shit. And uh, we just organized things to a good enough degree where I can carry on with the show. And we're gonna have to go on with. Uh, I don't know where the hell it's all coming from. But we'll get some uh, we'll get some things installed on here and, and clean things up even more. Thank you so much to Jim Lee. So let's get on with what we have on schedule. It's a little bit of a party here tonight. We're going to talk about. I have a couple of articles I thought would be really great to mix up with uh, everybody in the room because they're either comedians or artists, and I guess they're all artists in in their own right. Talkers. We've got. I, I mean, I forget. I forget filing cabinet's real name. <laughs> but let's just uh, let's just say hello to everybody all at once. Chrissy Mayer, Frank Pellegrino, and G Prime eighty five. George Alexopoulos. Yo. Everybody's here. So George is a late, a late addition, but George, a happy addition. Welcome here, and you guys. How's everybody doing? I hope that George is going to be drawing all of us like a court stenographer. Uh, that can be arranged. Ooh. It could be arranged. Yes. If you guys want, yeah, sure. Uh, well, we were before we, but we, before you do that, you are going to. We are going to uh, find a way to determine how old Taylor Lorenz is, <laughs> as we were talking about off air. I didn't know that there was a. Is there really a little bit of a controversy of how old she is? I think she's doctored her Wikipedia because it won't give you a specific year. Wow. But we were saying before she's in her mid to late fifties and. I don't understand why she's ashamed. She looks Allegedly. pretty good she for that age. Great. She that's, is. That's the funny thing yeah. about women, though. It's like uh, the older they are, and it's like you can't tell. That's a compliment. Right. Well, she could I be Asian. Carded, yeah. Can't really Asian, tell. Maybe. 
Wow. I, I mean, that's incredible. So she's like a Dominican baseball player. You just don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, most of them, most of them come up to like the, he. This one is twenty-seven years old. He's already forty-eight. Yeah, birth certificates in crayon. They just hand it in. This is how old I am. AARP <laughs> members. They just come up. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, if he's doing some drawings, maybe he will be. But otherwise, we're all here tonight, and I had a couple things to start off with, just to, just to chill, and uh, and then I want to get into a couple of articles about censorship, that I think you guys would really offer up some good insights on. Um, the first one up, just to let's just sharpen our claws together. How about this? This is from the RiverfrontTimes.com. Riverfront Times. This was sent to me by Mark Swan, who has an eye for headlines like this, and and here it is. Player at St. Louis Chess Club. Hold on. Oh, yeah, it's, it sucks. I can't put the display on for everybody in the room. But player at St. Louis Chess Club accused of using anal beads to cheat. Wow. At, at chess. You want to hear the story? Yeah. Usually when anal beads are involved, it involves someone losing. Yeah, I know. That's like a, you lost a bet. A bet or you owe somebody something. The past week, for the past week, chess enthusiasts around the world have been looking at in, uh, in St. Louis's direction with raised eyebrows after accusations of cheating rocked a tournament at the St. Louis Chess Club. Elon Musk has even weighed in on the situation, supporting an idea <laughs> that, a- that anal beads... And I'm an expert. Yeah. So he's not buying Twitter. He's got all this time to weigh in on everything. Oh, yes. Uh, he weighed in that anal beads were used to facilitate cheating. The match in question happened on September 4th during the uh, Sinkafield Cup, one of the longest-running chess tournaments in the United States. It is the final leg of the Grand Chess Tour and features some of the world's best chess players, as well as a $350,000 total prize. In round three of the Cup, Magnus Carlsen, 31 years old, a chess grandmaster from Norway. Sounds like he has powers. With a name like Magnus, he better be. Sounds like he has a big penis. A, gr- a grandmaster yeah, named Magnus. <laughs> Magnum. Played against Hans Niemann, 19 years old, a chess prodigy originally from San Francisco. Carlson, who, who do you think had the uh, the anal beads? Magnum. The uh, Carlson is a five-time grand champion and one of the greatest chess players in the world. He's been the chess phenom. Let's get to the story here. Neiman had beaten Carlson before in an online tournament in M- Miami, where he famously <laughs> oh, said... No. <laughs> Gotta take it to the next level. <laughs> yeah, where he famously said the chess speaks for itself at his victory interview. He went on to lose two out of the next three games to Carlson and ended the event with zero points. So it shocked the chess world when Neiman beat Carlson in St. Louis. Vice called this an upset for the ages. Carlson had played 53 classical matches without a loss, uh, the match where he previously lost to Neiman was a non-classical match, and Carlson was playing white, which was uh, has a statistical advantage over black since white moves first in chess. That is just racist. Wow. That sounds like a reflection of society right there. <laughs> so much privilege. I would have right. thought he played brown. <laughs> yes. I can do this all night. Yes. You know what's great is like you hear cheating with anal beads, and I automatically thought, oh, maybe blackjack could do it. You know, you count your cards, mm. you just keep on tallying one beat in, one beat out. And, yeah. <laughs> right. Like you, you know, a little bit of a, little bit of an in and out there. Yeah. But well, I, I can't wait to see where the anal beads come into the story. In an interview, or come out. we know it. <laughs> or, <out. laughs> or out. It's uh, in an in- interview posted to St. Louis Chess Club's YouTube channel. 
Neiman said, I think Carlson was just so demoralized because he's losing to an idiot like me. It must be embarrassing for the world champion to lose to me. I feel bad for him. The following day, Carlson tweeted that he had withdrawn from the tournament. It was the first time he'd ever pulled out of a competitive chess match. Now, um, now where this is going to come in, who knows? Many in the chess world interpreted Carlson's tweet as a grandmaster accusing uh, Neiman of cheating. He had said... I've withdrawn from the tournament. I've always enjoyed playing in the St. Louis Chess Club and hope to be back in the future. Well, how is that? Uh, Where are the anal beads? Yeah. I don't know. Hold on. I've never wanted to hear about anal beads so bad before. Okay. An American Grandmaster, Hikaru Nakamura, created a YouTube video outlining his theory as to why Neiman's <laughs> unusual strategy... Where did this come from? I don't know what's fucking happening. To Nakamura's he won too much chess. It must be anal beads. <laughs> I, wait, wait. Okay. It, it, okay, so it says, it says here, it's unclear. It's unclear how Neiman might have cheated. Maybe anal beads. Who knows? <laughs> okay. The, okay, so here we go. Vice referenced an idea involving a hypothetical player, quote, using vibration-based buttons in a player's shoes oh. to communicate with a chess engine. A chess engine is a computer program that can be used to analyze the configuration of pieces on a chessboard and then suggest moves to human players. Maybe this is where we're getting. Uh, the vibrating <laughs> shoes morphed into the notion that Neiman was communicating using a prostate massager. Oh, my God. Currently, obsessively, yeah. Tesla and SpaceX CEO Elon Musk took <laughs> that as his cue to enter the fray in a tweet that has since been deleted. Uh, Grimes' ex-husband oh augmented a quote from 19th century German philosopher Arthur Schopenhauer to fit the current controversy. Here's the quote. Talent hits a target no one else can hit. Genius hits a target no one else can can wow. see. Anal beads hit a target that only a finger can get to. Exactly, right. that's what you said. Or it's a in girlfriend. Now, uh, I guess they're all they're all abandoning the idea, but uh, for a moment there, prostate massager and chess. Oh my gosh! I'm so he was using, he was conducting the metal in his butt. It, 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 <laughs> that was the, that's what they're saying. It could have been. You know how pitchers and catchers, well, pitchers and catchers in, in, yes. In, yes, which one are you? In, in Major League Baseball, they can do that now. They have these little vibrating patches inside of their hats. Mm -hmm. And instead of throwing down signs, because everybody's so paranoid about the guy in second base stealing the signs now, that they're actually allowed to have these like little pulse technology pieces, electrodes on them to, to do signs for, for pitching. So I, I guess this is what they're trying to come up with now for <clears throat> chess. I don't know. I don't. I still don't see how. Like I, I can play chess. I don't see how a pulsing <laughs> anal toy in your asshole is going to allow you to play chess better. Well, I know. This is like Morse code though, so it's like E seven long. Yeah. Okay. Dot dot. I mean, dot. I've yeah, been yeah. using anal beads this whole time to help me with this podcast. Yes. I mm -hmm. just didn't know other people were using this trick. <laughs> My thing is that if you have two guys sitting down at a table and everybody's watching them and one person is getting messages from his prostate, it's going to be obvious. <laughs> That's yeah. my whole thing. Yeah. So you could be in the middle of a conversation. Uh, <laughs> that was really great to. We just, you guys yeah, mate. Just, we just thought this guy really loved chess. <laughs> yeah, it's the most enthusiastic game ever. Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, and then afterwards he just smokes a cigarette. That was a good. One. It was a really. It was a good day. It was deep. It was a good day.
That's it. Hey, uh, Chrissy, you were just uh, you were just hosting. Is that your first time hosting on Infowars? Yeah, I, I'm honored that they they gave me three hours to do whatever I wanted. I had uh, skyped in once to Owen's show, the War Room, and then I was on I was on it in person last time I was in Texas. And uh, yeah, I said I'm going to be there. I'd love to do Owen's show again. And they're like, he's going to be out of town. You want to just host the whole thing? And like, you can do one hour, or you can do all three. I was like, oh, let's do all three. Wow. Let's see what we can make happen here. So I called in like basically all my friends that live in Texas to come in uh, and join me on the show. Gary Beekler from Nerdrotic and Friday Night Tights, Quarter Black Garrett. Uh, Brittany Venti and Lila Hart all came on, and we had a blast. When I when I saw it, I, it was just it was I was scrolling through feeds and just whatever, and I and I saw it pop up, um, and I said, "Oh shit!" So I, I clicked on it, and it was you and Brit- Brittany Venti. So I saw that much, and uh, I didn't know that you had the full three hours. <laughs> I was, it was a work day, so I couldn't I couldn't watch the whole thing. But damn, I said, "Wow, I got to bring this up when she comes in." It was fun. It was really fun. It was cool to see how they work. Man, these guys are so so professional. That work, like I only know the Compound Media booth boys. Uh, not that Compound Media is not professional, but uh, they just. It's okay, fine. I will say it is more professional. It's better, more impressive. The graphics, everything's. They, I came in. They were like, "What do you want on your background?" I was like, "What?" Uh, I was like, I, "I have my pick of backgrounds." So I just was like, "Whatever makes me look thin is what you guys should do." And uh, they, they have commercial breaks like four an hour. Uh, so you have to be. They have a clock timing down. You know, un- until you're live again. And so Brittany came on and. And she was, I was like, Brittany, you can't say, you can't curse on here. You know, there's like 30 seconds till we're live. And she goes, oh, really? We can't curse on here? And then she goes, and we're never, never. She says, and we're like over and over and over again. She's and like I'm, that, huh? I'm sweating. I was like, you're going to get me kicked. I'm, they're going to never let me back here again. And I was like, get it at your damn system. I was like, well, we're about to you would have ne- never known because she, everybody seemed <laughs> so very, funny. very, uh, you know, quaint sitting in their seats and being very proper when I when I tuned in for a second but let me ask you this because in the in the couple of moments that I was watching uh, at uh, right there you guys were talking about porn addiction mm-hmm. and the eroding of interpersonal relationships through it and how it affects you personally and um, I I was wondering because I, I know that you you inter- interview a lot of people or have a lot of people in the adult film industry how is your um, is your outlook on all this is there been any kind of an impact that has changed your outlook on, on the industry itself, adult uh, adult entertainers, and and is this? I mean, how is it impacting you at all? Um, just by dipping into a subject like that, I got to imagine it changes a person, and and you start dealing with the subject matter a little bit differently, especially yeah. if it's I, I don't know because. You can say, well, people use different types of substances or vices, but they don't give themselves completely over to it, and they don't become addicted or whatever. So I guess you can talk like that. I, I mean, but um, what do you? Has it affected you at all as far as dealing with pornography as a subject matter or anything like that? Well, me personally, it, yes. Now I cheat using anal beads. Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, that is the biggest change. I have I have learned a lot because I'm pretty like open-minded. I, I feel like I understand all sides of it really well, like through talking to somebody like Brittany Venti um, and just through like kind of, you know, what I observed through the years, like, yeah, porn can be really devastating for uh, it can really keep you from meeting someone in real life. It can you can it can take all your money and time and if you're really trying to meet somebody it can be just like any other vice 
um, it can really like suck the life out of you. Um, but then there are some people that it's great and it helps them spice up their relationship or if they're just out of a relationship it can be a good band-aid until you're ready to put yourself out there again and then I learned in particular like about the porn stars themselves it's really like you really have to have a certain um, personality and I guess tolerance to, to really stay in the industry because it's it's really not for everyone and it takes a really yeah. like a personal soul toll on people who are not cut out for it I um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 well, it's I've, I've honestly I, I see it as one of now I see it as you know decades go by we were all we were all growing up on the internet you know 1994 five six that's when everybody's just starting to get computers in their homes and obviously porn has been all over the place since the beginning and it i think that it has really really been one of the biggest scourges on on our culture uh over the last 30 years big time i really do now obviously there there are ever people like you say they they interact with certain things in different ways and some people are a little bit less affected by others but i think it has just completely devastated us i mean I, well ask any girl who's made a killing over the pandemic and bought a freaking house with her only fans money you I know? know like it's yeah. they certainly don't think it's a scourge oh i know i know but but then again the guys are it's just pathetic i have i've been directly affected by chrissy's working with so many adult film stars because it gives me an excuse to follow hundreds of them online so I can book them. Yeah. Well, so that's, that's yes, <laughs> so he can book them. Yeah, no. I book them uh, on her shows. Hey, well, you guys mm -hmm. you guys have recently become engaged. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations Thank to you. both of you. I'm now spoken for. Yes. Well, I mean, you I've only ever known you guys as a as a unit, you know, for however many oh, we've been knowing each other for what almost 10 years now we actually started yeah, this podcast together like a month into dating like really early in our relationship yeah. we started coming here to do three drink minimum mm -hmm. so oh that was a re that was a, a fresh relationship huh it was yeah just a couple months in it was the yeah. two of us and then this other comic jc yeah uh, how's I he been and then he kind of ruined it. I <laughs> think he's fully out of the closet, so good for him. I think he was wrestling with that for a long time, to be honest. Yeah. R really? Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Yeah, he I was dating so. a trans woman for Do quite some he time. He was always kind of fascinated with trans, like, women. Like, well, I'm, I might, this, geez, man, this is an odd night. <laughs> I, I, I cannot believe it. Yeah. Well, hey, well, I, I mean, I haven't seen him in, in, in so long, but, uh, that's something. George, what, is there anything new with you? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's dating a trans woman now, too. I don't know. Any interesting stories like that. What's new with me? I don't know. I've been uh, drawing stupid political strips. I'm sick of drawing politicians, so I'm trying to do like more cultural-related uh, current event stuff. Um, my family and I are trying to make a completely unrelated to my usual sarcastic stuff. We're trying to actually make like wholesome... How do I put this? If I'm sarcastic all the time and like telling jokes at other people's expense and being nasty and looking at the nasty side of things of life and stuff, my family and I want to like put something positive in the world. So I think last time we talked <clears throat> privately, I think I was telling you I'm working on a children's book. We're doing a whole bunch of like actual like wholesome like selling like little cute teddy bears and like at our age a lot of us are getting married and having kids and stuff. So I think we can. I know our demographic pretty well, so it's like okay, you got like a little kid. 
buy some cute things. It has nothing to do with my actual comics, but we want to launch that shop independently of my other stuff. So we've been working on that for the past few months quietly. That's awesome. Yeah. I, that's awesome. I have you a know. question for George. Yeah. yeah. Has there been any celebrity or political figure that you've had a hard time drawing, like you couldn't find the right hook or whatever it's called to, to get there? That's a good question because normally I don't even like using reference. Um, I, I have, a, I guess, a, what do you call it, a superstition about using it too much. Like I don't want to become too... Uh, dependent on it like there's a joke of I can't draw hands hmm. and the reason is because I don't like looking at photos of things as I'm drawing because then I feel like it'll it won't make me as sharp so wow that's amazing <clears throat> like I can't draw shit without looking at it it's weird because I you want to my pride says I want to be able to draw anything without using reference but I really can't so like at the beginning uh, or a couple of years ago I tried to draw Biden a couple times and and I hate looking at politicians especially they're so ugly on the inside and the outside and stuff so it's like I just hate staring for hours at their faces and memorizing all their wrinkles and trying to figure out how to draw them because if you just copy like if you take a photo of someone in Photoshop and just do the outlines with a pencil it still doesn't look like them so mm -hmm. then you have to get into like the shading and getting into all the contours of their face and weird little and you're memorizing their skin and mm. uh, so if I to answer your question if I have a hard time drawing any of them like <clears throat> I have a hard time like caricaturing someone like AOC because mm. she, she is looks like, like a cartoon already. Well, the memes are like a, a lot of people say like she's ugly and yada yada, but it's like I'm I'm a classically trained artist, so I can't just make someone ugly. Mm. I have to understand why they look the way they look, how to add a little bit of stylization, and also how to make it look like them. Because if it doesn't look like them, the joke doesn't land. Yeah. So um oh here, here's a little bit on your your response to Twitter's nonsense alleging. <laughs> he, uh, this oh, I wish I can show it to you guys but I have not gotten that far. A response it's not that he can't draw hands they just live in Canada. Well, you know what? You draw hands really great when you're concentrating on drawing nothing but hands. Well, it's it's that they take so much time. There's a lot of bones in the hand. So right. each different bone for me at least takes extra time so if I need to take four hours to draw a strip like that it has to only be hands or I run out of time or I end up drawing a strip for too long so I'll do like a portrait like say I can draw a portrait of any of you guys it would take me maybe an hour two hours Whoa. let's say so if there's my comic has four panels and it's just a bust of a person chest up mm -hmm. it would have to be that whole person from the chest up and that takes me an hour times four panels and that's my that's all the time I have for a strip because I have another job on top of this, you know. Oh, wow. So I really try to give myself an hour time limit per, per panel. Terrific. It never ends. It really never ends. And I like, let me ask you guys, because now that we've gotten everybody uh, pretty much acquainted and introduced, I wanted to talk a little bit more about overall censorship, free speech, and because if it, I mean, like I said in the, the bio of this episode, everybody on this uh, this show right now, if it weren't for free speech, doing, following, and uh, pursuing our professions would be a, uh, a death sentence in many respects. Listen to this. I just want you guys to just give me a little something. We'll go around the room. We'll talk about it. Here's the headline. It was from Reclaim the Net. I'm so sorry you can't see it. YouTube CEO hypocrisy. Susan Wojcicki says she wants at quote as much free speech as we possibly can 
YouTube regularly censors videos, demonetizes creators, and introduces new censorship rules. Yet in a recent interview, YouTube CEO Wojcicki claims that the platform wants to enable as much free speech as we possibly can. Um, in general, we want to enable political speech. So when we do get requests that that would involve suppression of political speech, that's a place where we are very hesitant or resistant to removing it, which is absolute horseshit. She continued by adding the caveat that every case depends on what's happening before making an even bolder claim that YouTube's supposed free speech values are they want to make sure this is now as you guys like i said as people whose professions would literally become criminal acts without free speech how does a busybody statement like this strike strike you to me it's just like uh she's trying to find a loophole like oh yeah we want to allow as much free speech that we agree with you know like she's just not saying the quiet part yeah it's so obvious like who is this for like who's buying this i don't know She's trying to gaslight conservatives and people who have the mm-hmm. wrong ideas and wrong speech. Well, it's like with Star Wars people, they see themselves as the rebels against the Empire, mm-hmm. but they are the Empire. Yeah. They want to mm-hmm. pretend like, yeah, we, we're being really brave talking about all the things we talk about on YouTube, and there, there's all, this small group of people saying weird things, and you know, we talked about Alex Jones. He's been kicked off of YouTube and all that stuff. It's like, well, if you can't allow people who are on the fringe to speak then where is the line? Because if the fence keeps moving, what's the most edgy thing people on the left say most of the time? And I don't see a lot of people on the right calling for them to be silenced. We just point out how silly they are. Uh, no, the people on the right just want to have more conversation about those weird things that the left says. And they said, no, you can't do that. You can't talk about that with us. I mean, that's what Libs of TikTok does anyway. Yeah. Yeah. We are highlighting what they're saying. We want to talk about it because it's silly. Yeah. Uh, but they just want to silence us. The prob- the the bigger problem that, um, and I see a lot of people starting to come to grips with this as well, too, is that it's not enough to, at first, at first when the landscape wasn't as developed, or were we starting to see these parallel options for not only media, but economy, um, when when Twitter is becoming more and more brazen with their shadow banning and their outright, you know, uh, banning, and they say, well, you know, Go somewhere else. It's a free market. This is a this is a free market here. It's a Twitter is a private company. Blah blah blah. This and that. And then when something like a Gab or a Truth Social or any number of Parler, things, that, yeah, Parler, they fucked them. They 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 yeah. go and they find you. They get in touch with the app stores. They get in touch with hosting companies. They get in touch with banks and payment processors. They 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 want. They still go and hunt you wherever you are. I think that people need to come to grips with just what is nipping at our heels here it's not about shoving us into or or pushing us off into into the pasture and say hey do something you want to do but not around us Hmm. they want to destroy us um so there's bigger questions that are gonna have to be asked down the road if you ask me there was that the strip that you showed uh with the hands Mm -hmm. uh that was a redraw of a previous strip a couple of weeks before where uh, the word groomer was being thrown all over the place on Twitter. And um, I had drawn a strip where there was something, uh, the punchline was, what's up, my groomer? Mm. And they're like shaking hands. It's like, oh, you can't say the hard R. You know, something <laughs> like that. Uh, yeah. Right. So the last panel was like, oh, who's this young man? And it's like some kid and he's got uh, monkey pox on his face. And the, the punchline <laughs> was, this is my little friend. Oh, don't worry about him. He has monkey pox. It's like... The implication is how did he get it? 
Um, mm. So I got a week suspension on Twitter for wow. that. Wow. I remember that. Right. And what ended up happening was, well, long story short, was you can't even say the word or type the word groomer and put it into a JPEG because it's reportable. Wow. It's insane. And how, like, okay, so how, I don't. I didn't see this strip. Like, how young did the kid look that had monkeypox? Under, you know, elementary schoolish, oh. fairly young. No, but wow. that's that's the problem. Is like, you would think that even a drawing like, is it a political strip, a current event strip? It's a current event strip. For yeah. them, I don't know if the word groomer was over the line or the content was over the line. Anyway, it doesn't well, matter. I mean, that was on the, that was on the heels of them coming down, particularly on that. Uh, I mean, they were James banning. Lindsay's still gone, right? Yeah. Well, they're banning entire groups of the gays against grooming. Oh they, they my were, God. Wow. It, it doesn't really remember. It doesn't matter what boxes you check. It's about you know. They're not letting the people say groomer. Yeah. Well, they, they, don't, they don't think it. I mean, it, it's, it's very important to them. Grooming is very important to them. You know what's funny is like a, I want to say a year ago they would call you a conspiracy theorist to say that they were eventually going to be pushing <clears throat> maps to be part of the LGBTQIA plus yeah, whatever it sure, is sure. that that's going to be part of it and like no 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 they'll never but everything that they're setting up for you is that maps are going to be welcomed oh, and love is pedophilia love. Yeah, yeah yes of course pedophilia I'm, yeah but they're calling the maps they won't say pedophiles they they're won't really, say it they're trying to put pedos on the map <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's serious. It but really banning is. the word groomer is is a step towards that. It really is. It's trying right. to protect them. Or they Making don't even okay. have to ban it. They just punish anyone who says it too many times or mm -hmm. implies that they're protecting this group. Yeah, you can't shame these people because we're about to add them to the alphabet gang. I want yeah. them to do it though. I I don't know why they're they're hesitating. It's mm. maybe they know it's a minefield. But it's like please go there. I beg you. Well, they wow. ha well th that's the best part about the whole thing is they're going to have to. Eventually, they're going to have to go there, and I think that's a great thing because it's it's the biggest it's the biggest blow yourself up thing. I mean, they're they're eventually they're going to help us in their own destruction, mm -hmm. and uh, and when we say well, and when you know are we out on the war path to physically and everything else destroy person no if, it, when think when times were a little bit more sane all we ever wanted to do was have a debate you know remember we were talking about just uh free health care and all that stuff mm -hmm. if you have a real debate about that it falls apart on on its merits it has it fall everything falls apart on its merits it just is so weak so everything is so weak, but they if they don't have anybody opposing them, right. then... Yeah, what I think they're doing now is they're really testing the waters. They're seeing, like, if the SJWs will come to defend the groomers and the maps and the pedos. I think they're, like, they're waiting to see, will there be, like, an outcry of support for these people? Like, well, is anybody feeling bad for pedos? I think they're well, waiting to see that. There is an under... <laughs> I, you hear things. You talk to people, you hear things. There's stories of, like, say, you're on vacation. A gay couple might see a bunch of other gay people hanging out. And, and it's like, oh, hey, this is my young friend. And it's clear that they're underage. And there's a whole bunch of gay people hanging out. And there's parties. And it's like, they know that there's some fishy stuff going on. But I think in that culture, they have a rule of we don't rat each other out. Mm. And a lot of them have stories of they were let's say among their first experiences was with a person of the same sex, whatever, but it was, whether it was voluntary or not, I hear that a lot of the first uh, 
Let's say they were initiated, perhaps. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm trying to be gentle, but I don't think. Do we have to be? How gentle do you have to be on here, Frank? I, I, well, I just I, want to be polite. No, listen. listen I, I don't have anything necessarily against any person who, you know, an adult who's doing something with another adult. You do whatever you want. I know exactly what you're talking about yeah. here. This is what got Milo and Yiannopoulos uh, uh, in trouble at first years ago, talking about how not not only talking about his first experience as like a 13 or 14 year old kid with a, uh, a, a, a with a uh, a 40 50 year old man, but saying that this is usually the quote-unquote rite of passage for most of us and um everybody was like oh shit um you know and he's and i think that's what you're talking it about. seems cyclical right it seems bit. to be that they don't openly talk about it because that's common i know it's it's kind of like we're already wow. a persecuted group so let's not make it harder on ourselves by letting the public know that this is this is something we just don't talk about openly yeah. that is the implication i have uh, yeah. Sorry to talk about something so dark. No, no. It, it, it does <laughs> make you look at it differently because I think I'm so used to like demonizing and getting very angry about the idea of pedos, but then you think like there's a f whatever percentage of these pedos, it's like, uh, and it's like I don't want to have sympathy for someone who's capable of of like putting a kid through such trauma, but it's like these were once kids that were put through trauma. I'm sure a fair amount of them against their will. So it's like. No, I, I know what you mean by that when you when you look at a from it from a cyclical standpoint. You say, well, there there there's the child, there's the trauma, the child grows up, they do, and, and then it's just it's uh you know, you're going downhill at that point. After a while the sympathy is gone because then you just have to look at things objectively. Uh something is being taken. Yeah. And and then how that how that cycle is broken? I don't know. I I, I hope I always I think it wish. involves a wood chipper. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard to have sympathy though. Once you're an adult, you have to take responsibility for your words and your actions. Whether or not you have the inclination or the attraction to someone, you don't act on it. And if you feel the urge, you need to get help. Whether or not you're going to be vilified or ostracized or whatever, that's just what you have to do so you don't hurt someone else. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like when we saw when we start seeing those those headlines from I forgot what what magazine it was the, the headline was I'm a pedophile not a monster and that was the, like the first volley we're like oh here we go the yeah. door is open and they are walking through and it was all about well if the, the, they started coining the term non-offending pedophiles that that's, that's like, like we're all non-murderers. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, well, you I think get, sometimes? Oh, like I, I'm not gonna say I thought of it ever hurting anybody. Oh wow, I would love to punch that person in the face. You don't go to jail necessarily, but you got to figure out why am I thinking that? Mm -hmm. What is my issue that's making me want to cause uh, a violent act? The same way with someone that might be attracted, you have to figure your shit out. You have to go get help, do whatever you need to do. And if you look like an asshole along the way, well, you've got an anger at management part problem, yeah. maybe. Yeah, right. You need to figure out, are you, like, were you molested and you're repressing that shit? Like, you need to go to therapy and, like, figure out what's causing that. Like, if you're hit as a kid and you end up wanting to hit a kid when you're an adult, you got to figure that out. That's not on the, it's not the kid's fault. Right. You got to figure that society. shit out. The real question is, can it be figured yeah. out? The real question is, can can that be figured out? I, I don't know. Well, you know what? I, I if it's know. about physically hurting someone, I don't think the solution is watching videos of other people hitting other uh, people. Right. Which is what a lot of these sympathizers are pushing. They're saying, yeah. oh, we should have material available oh for these yeah. types of people. And I think that's just... 
that's going to perpetuate perpetuate their issue. That's like putting chumming the water. And be right. like, well, we don't want the sharks to show up. We're just right. uh, you wait, know. Wait, wait, you mean like like giving giving pedophilic yes. materials to pedophiles? Yes. No, because that, that that's that, a thing, man. Well, the, the, by really mm-hmm. by who? Yes. Like a lot of these institutionally a thing. No, that's what they're pushing. Been talking about yeah. this. Like, a lot of these sympathizers saying. This is a way to avoid it. That number you one, give them that. Number one. What it, do they it, call it? Ethical CP. No, there's no, a no, word. There's a term it? for Th- it. That's 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 incredible. First of all, anybody even talking about that should be thrown into a wood chipper as well, because <laughs> yeah. it's one thing to say we're going to go into a we're going to go into an uh, you know a, a low income area in San Diego or we're going to go to Skid Row and hand out hygienic crack pipes to everybody. <laughs> it's another thing, you know. Uh, it's another thing to take material which was made. The, the making of that material is an assault on a, yeah. on a child. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a crime. Every time it is played, the crime is cr- committed over and over again. Mm-hmm. There is no circumstance in which that could be used as some kind of a therapy. No way, no way shape, or form. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It, it, is it something that can even be... Once a dog has rabies, it, you, there's no treatment. I, I don't know what to say. It's a very, very odd. It very, is interesting very tough. to hear what what these like kind of sympathizer, and it's like you. T- we've we've like seen these like YouTubers uh, try to make the argument like, yeah. well, it's better it's better to give them this material than than they're less likely to commit the crime. And it's like, how do you fucking know? It's they're like, committing oh. a crime every time they press yeah. play. Yeah. Every it's time sick. they press play, it's a crime. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like there's some kind of social experiment going on. Like, hmm. will this affect the numbers? Like, I feel like there's a lot of psychology stuff happening lately. COVID, lockdowns, and all that stuff. Yeah. They, they just want to see what happens when people are exposed to this. Or what happens if we lock them all in their houses? What mm. happens? Yeah. I feel like we're being experimented on. Definitely. It is. Well, it's one thing to the next. It's one thing to the next. And every time that we have a conversation... That's why I always... I always, um, I always warn people about the, the news cycle... It's always satisfying to, to get a clip of somebody saying something absurd, and you can just pick it apart and say why, but you're still playing on their turf. You're still having the conversation. You're still on the defense. Mm-hmm. You're still on the defensive, and it's, man, it just, it blows. It blows to be in that position. The fact that the conversations, the hypothetical ones, per se, are getting more and more inane and harmful. Like, there's nothing to talk about. There's nothing to talk about. There is nothing to talk about with MAPs. Nothing to talk about. They're a pedophile. And, and if you prefer that over pedophile, then you are endorsing. You, you're starting to justify You're trying it. to de-stigmatize the, the assault of, of children. And that's it's not. It reminds me of something, though. Like when you're negotiating a contract and hmm. you want, say, I want $10,000 from you. I'm going to ask for 20 from them and then expect you to dial it back. You know mm. what I mean? So maybe they're pushing the fence so far yeah. that we'll be okay with their other weird stuff that we're just like, okay, fine. I'll be okay with this. Yeah. Maybe that what they're actually wanting is, yeah, half or a third of what they're asking. Yeah. Or well, maybe it's all a distraction and they want us focusing on these social issues, right? So we avoid talking about all the global and the economic problems going on because some of these things to people in the middle and the right especially you know are so obvious and so frustrating that mm-hmm. we can't help but have a knee-jerk reaction right it's like the men's and women's rooms things like that it's like so obvious like what are we doing guys that yeah. we get all riled up like little mermaid locker room you know uh-huh. things like that it's 
easy for us to react, be like, stop this shit. Meanwhile, they're doing all these other things behind the scenes. It's like they're lighting fires all over the place. Yes. We're, fire extinguisher here. Oh, wait, there's yeah. another fire over there. Meanwhile, there's a fucking bomb about to drop yeah. 10 miles away. Yeah. It's keep we'll your eye on the birdie. Put these little ones out yeah. together easier. It's like, oh, that's a big one back there, but we're going to... Yeah, they well, I, I, when I look when I think about that, Frank, I say, yeah, there is definitely a distraction. There's a, definitely a distraction edge to it, but it is also, I believe, very important, very important uh, timeline of progress or regression toward a state of being that I think many people in power already have normalized for themselves. If they can get the society that they supposedly lead to start accepting heinous behaviors that they're all committing behind the scenes, then that's better for their new world order whenever it comes to be. So I think it's a it's a slow march toward normalizing things that elitists have been have been yeah. doing for a long time and that they've mm -hmm. been they've been poisoning us with. The only problem is that like everything else, like every last fucking thing else, they always just completely deny the fact that human nature is really something you cannot change. And once uh, th there's always going to be a wall that is hit for people, it doesn't matter how much they push it, this horrible, twisted, re uh, sexualized relationships between children and adults and the destroying of the family and trying to sterilize things between men and women and uh, castigating people for, for thinking that the traditional family is something that needs to be destroyed. Eventually, no matter how hard they push and how easy, I, uh, in, in some respects, they think that they have... Um, They've gone to try to massage this, and st they're never going to change what we are, and um, it's always going to—it's always going to fail. It is going to fail in the end. No, they'll hurt a lot of people along the way, but this is doesn't matter how slow or fast they go. It is going to fail, and they're going to pay dearly for it. Yeah, it's really like a battle of like good versus evil it's on so many fronts. Yeah. Hey, you know, that's what I'd say. Me and George have had a lot of conversations about this in the past, but along your journey, and you too, Frank, um, you know, the comedy world was a lot more smash mouth a couple of years, maybe even just five, ten years ago. A lot more smash mouth. You can do a lot more. And then we started seeing lines being drawn in the sand between certain types of comics, politics is getting into it, uh, beliefs are getting into it. Now I think that, and I was talking to a buddy of mine that I, I bumped into at the diner last night, I haven't seen him in 10 years, and even he was saying, um, I think the biggest thing that's changed for me over the last five to 10 years is that I, I can physically confirm that evil, on a supernatural level even, exists. And in seeing evil become so prevalent in our mainstream culture and around the world, I have to assume that there is a counteracting force to that, and I have found God again. Has, what has changed for you guys spiritually, if at all, over the last five to ten years? Anything? Yeah, I would say I've had a really like kind of similar journey, especially like during the... I think it definitely started more like right at the beginning of the pandemic, like my like which happened right at the beginning like it just everything sort of came together for me like i feel like i got red pilled from like partially sam tripoli <laughs> and then politically by like uh guys like larry sharp and then i feel like i kind of would red pill frank on something he would red pill me on something we spent the whole pandemic really just like going back and forth there were many nights i'd be up to like three four in the morning just like reading stuff like 
really kind of freaking out. And same thing, once you're, and you know, I was like raised Methodist, confirmed, like did a kind of typical upbringing, like never felt religious, but never was like, yeah, I was more of like into astrology. But then I think since the pandemic, and then the more you learn, the it's exactly what you said. You feel like, wow, evil is like a real force and it has real motives. And it almost like it, it uh, inspired like the good in me to like fucking step it up and take up more space and have more impact because it's almost like you're just like a good person but you're dormant and you're just like not you're minding your own business like you love your people you're cool with your friends and then you're like oh you see this starting to take over you're like oh now i have to like step up my game yeah yeah well it it, it hits you in different ways especially if you're paying attention and i know you guys have because i know in 2020 that was the first time you asked me to come on your show and i started seeing all the other guests you're bringing i was like okay chrissy's digging Chrissy's digging around a little bit. That's great stuff there, too. Frank, what about you? Any, uh... Yeah, I mean, definitely during the pandemic, when Chrissy was up till 3 in the morning, <laughs> um, you know, we'd share a lot of the information and things that we were learning. And once you start to realize that even if just a fraction of those things were true, that's truly evil in this world, and you start to really grow faith that there must be an equal and opposite push and good and once you're not seeing it as much as you'd like you start to want to be that push even if it's little things here and there whether it's helping somebody that's a neighbor or start to you know work on Chrissy's podcast and try and shed light on some good people who are out there fighting the good fight whether it's for the country or for the soul of our nation whatever it is if you're not seeing the good out there and just the evil that's a sign for you to start pushing the good Mm. in whatever way it is and once you start you start to grow more in your faith in god Mm -hmm. whatever that god is whatever religion or spirituality you believe in it does start to grow and fill you up fill your soul up and it's hard to ignore it Mm -hmm. once you felt it a little bit you know in your in your body and your heart that it's real that there's fucking evil out there but there's just as much good and a lot of it's just being a little overshadowed right now because i i think a lot of the media a lot of the politics are working hand in hand to try and snuff out that light anywhere they can and I've noticed too, like I have been weirdly, like I feel like tugged at, like I'm, I'm be starting to be curious in the Bible in a way I never was before. Like I'm just feeling like, yeah, more and more, like man, I gotta get a Bible and start reading and start reading it, where I was never particularly curious about it. It was always just like, oh yeah, it's it's you know it's a book that my grandma has a hundred of, and she's always trying to slip a New Testament in my pocket every time I visit her. But now I'm like genuinely like, no, I, I want to like. I want to learn more, which I never was particularly curious about. Hey, listen, wherever you follow the path, just go ahead and just do your thing. You're doing well. That reminds me because the last time we talked, um, you had mentioned that you didn't have one. And I was going to go out of my way to give you one. But I was like, no, surely she would have found one by now. (laughs) But it's been a year. so It's been a year. It's sitting in my Amazon shopping cart. We have to get her one. It's still on the cart. Do you have an extra one down the street or something? We've got to get her one. I I, could just order one. I I, I was actually just talking. homework. My friend gave me like a, Elijah Shaver gave me like, it's called Jesus Calling. And it's got F- every day. Yeah. You look up the page, and it's like it gives you like a nice couple of um, excerpts or whatever. Well, a lot of it also is if you've ever tried reading just out of context verses, um, it could be a translation thing. Because uh, my family and I were working on uh, something called Vacation Bible School for our old church, 
and a lot of the verses were in the uh, New King James Version English, and it's very uh, difficult to read and digest in a nice way. So you could try out different websites. There's websites with every version, every translation. There's even one called The Message that's like hip-hop-ish. <laughs> like dig. A, bl- a black Bible. Yes, right. I've also <laughs> seen like girl, like Bibles for women that are pink, and maybe they break it down, yeah. oh, and like they use well, small <laughs> words. I in don't this know. case, I would recommend definitely uh, English Standard is my favorite version. Um, okay. It's it's the cleanest in terms of modern English, and it doesn't um, make a lot of compromises in terms of um, like some versions, like New International, will change the meanings of certain verses. And yeah, some I don't people, like that. Some I was just too. talking to a, a, a local priest yesterday because uh, me and uh, Lauren and uh, our two godparents for our our baby because she uh, aurora is getting baptized on october 1st so we went to go meet with the priest yesterday just to get all the just get all the the particulars done and and running through with the ceremony and everything the the right would be and and it was a lot of fun and he asked me about you know uh we were talking about bibles and i only have one i've had it since eighth grade as an inscription from our principal at the time sister lise and I have it. It's all packed. I, all of my books are packed away into these big stacks of Rubbermaid containers because I had to pack them up to make room for Aurora's bedroom. I can't Aww. wait to have a den. Oh, man. Is it all beaten up and stuff? It's, it's you know, I love well-loved books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well-worn, but just like a well-worn hat. Oh, it's just so good. It's like become, it becomes more true. That's always a funny thing when you go to church and you see like the the old man with the beaten up, like so beaten up Bible, you know he reads it every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you so know that funny. that is a special Bible at yeah. that point because there is so much energy in it. Yeah, That's yeah. why I love settling out. For example, I have my, my grandmother's rosaries, rosary beads here. I have several pairs, uh, several sets of rosaries in my life and uh, this one is very special but I don't, I don't, I've used it a couple of times here before a show, uh, little things, but the fact that the, these are my grandmother's and I know she used them, and the fact that they were all pressed roses, yeah, yeah. every last bead. I so there's things there that I think that the alchemist part, the alchemist in all of us, as far as human intention, energy, and being able to actually um, put our will into stuff that makes things it, you become a conduit for everything we're talking about here dude my friend was telling me like if you have a bottle of water a glass of water like more a bottle and you write like i love you on it oh yeah and you drink it it's like there's something to that stuff. you ever see messages in the water no you ever you I ever read I'm, it i'm not taking the right drugs probably is that a mess- this is messages in the water this is an experiment that was done a long time ago and it actually showed how human intention has a it can change matter in a molecular way where they would take uh, take samples of water and they would write they would affix certain messages to its outer casing and things like love i love you affirming phrases things like that and then they would put things like you're ugly hatred uh, i you can't stand you everything positive and negative connotations and the crystalline patterns patterns inside of the water that was connected to these wonderfully positive intentions were incredible. They were gorgeous. You really got to read into this. And then on the flip side, you start seeing the water becoming yellow and dingy and fucked up. It's And so 
of course, positive thinking attached to a will and ambition and action is, is something that can be amazingly powerful. But when you think about what human thoughts can have on substances like water and how the human body is over 75% water, how thoughts can create a body biochemistry that can either serve you or take you down it's an, it's an incredible thing to think about what we are and what we're connected to i should write i love you on the toilet so i don't have to clean it as much yes <laughs> it's just that anything you can do that's why people pray over their food i mean it's a it's a real thing i, I another thing i was talking about with father father tom yesterday saying you know uh, you know when you when you when you say grace at dinner it really is a form of exorcism uh in in a way um that usually happens an hour or two later. Yes. It's after, when it comes on out, you're just <laughs> screaming, God help me. Okay, we're going to take a really quick break. When we come back, I want to read something with you guys because we're all in the Internet. Uh, internet is, um, is the way that we deliver a lot of our content and a lot of our shows and all that. So we're always dealing with metrics and growth. And I think that the next two things that I have here are so interesting and everybody in this room should have an opinion on it so we're gonna get around to that in a moment don't go anywhere we will be right back welcome to intermission we'll, we'll be right back Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. Yeah. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you're going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Right, ladies and gentlemen. So, before we get right back into things, I want to jump into the. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. We don't. I mean, there has to be some super chats in here, but it's been such a weird night. Oh, there are some. Let's get to those. 
Let's get to those, and then we're going to jump into this thing. All right, first one up is from Captain Cast Iron. Now, the next two from Captain Cast Iron. It says, great show, by the way, great guests, great conversations. I, I agree with guest Frank. Yeah. Uh, it's all distraction. It's all intended to provide an emotional response. People don't think logically in an emotional state. You know, I was thinking again, too... Um, we have a, we have friends that are pollsters like Rich Barris and, and all that. Um, uh, all of my conversations with friends and family of mine who are I can see what their political leanings and all their declarations are on um, on social media the last ten years, and I always take note of things because I'm very non-confrontational with my family and close friends. But I understand who, who people are and what they've been sharing over the years, okay? And I'm sure they understand me, too. It's probably why I don't hear from some of them as much <laughs> as I used to. But whenever I talk to people, and I'm sure you guys have noticed this, too. When you talk to people in private, there is, there are these little moments in a conversation where you pick up and you go, Oh, well, you're a lot more not liberal uh, mm. than you think. You're a little bit more, dare I say, conservative then you think, which is really just a euphemism for some common sense. I, I even hate that. The word conservative makes me It's a me dirty, dirty word. It's hard. I hate it. Yeah. I hate slur. it. You know? So I wonder. I just really, really, really wish. You're talking about people thinking logically in emotional states. When you take emotion out of it and you put people in everyday situations, they know it's fair. They, they know uh, that meritocracy is a great system of things. They, they don't, they don't want to give money to people who don't deserve it. They have all of the things, all the tools they need to live a commonsensical night, uh, life. And, um, but man, a switch just gets they've flipped. Sci- I think they've psyoped us to think that being a conservative or a right winger is not cool. Like, I think for decades that the message is like, the Democrats, the liberals—that's that's cool. That's like the, f- the fun, artsy, smart, intellectual, empathetic, caring for people party. Or used group. to work on me. It yeah, used to work me on too. me when I was younger. I was like, well, wh- why wouldn't I want to be liberal? Yeah, and, you TV know, and all that stuff. I want to be yeah. artsy and smart. Yeah, I don't want to be a stiff. Yeah, I don't want to serve vegetable lasagna on Thanksgiving. Well, we grew up with the you know parents saying Mortal Kombat was evil and you couldn't play Dungeons and Dragons and magic and all that stuff, which is ironic because Dungeons and Dragons is like hyper woke now. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, they were it's terrible. Man, I can't even. Can I even tell this story? They apologized, Wizards of the Coast, I think, or whatever company it is. They apologized for creating a race of how do I say this gently? Monkey creatures. They said we're sorry because this is racially insensitive. Oh God! Wow. And you they know, sound racist by saying that. Exactly. That's the racist. Yeah. That's the yeah. that's the only that's the only racist thing about that. Yeah. yeah. So far. And there was that whole thing about orcs. Do you remember that? Oh, with Lord of the Rings. No, in general, they said, well, okay. So for a while, there was this uh, panic about orcs are actually like they're tribalistic and barbaric and. All that stuff, and oh, of course, that means that it represents a race or something like that. Or what race would it represent? Well, that's the thing, because if you think if if you think of orcs and then associate them with a ethnicity, who's the one being racist? If you're the one who thinks of it, right? right. So it was the people on the left saying, "Oh, we're so sorry about orcs wow. being with the way they are," 
And then they also did an association with uh, Harry Potter, I think this was two years ago, with goblins. Do you remember that? No. No, but J.K. Rowling has gotten beat up so much. Yeah. I just, I, I forget. In fantasy worlds, they're like, you remember the goblins, what they looked like in um, Harry Potter? I never saw it. Short. You know, they got the oh, noses and those, hey, <laughs> hey, listen, hey yo, you remember in hey, the Gringotts Bank the and all J that word? stuff? But that's the thing. <laughs> all apple, these, apple juice. Well, who are the orcs supposed to be represent? Who, who uh, are I they mean, insinuating? Are the orcs doing three pointers? You know, like what? What it, is making? There has think? been an association with, say, uh, uh, the southeasternish continent. Uh, you know, whatever. Uh, Barbarian. They're green. Yeah, yeah well, some of green. them are. It depends. You well, see. At, at night at, at Helm's Deep, they're black. But in Warcraft, they're green. And everybody I mean, likes you know. everybody likes the orcs and the horde and all that stuff. Yeah. But yeah. The joke being that. Uh, it, we, oh, this changed color. Yeah, Sorry. It does. Um, the, who's making the association? It's right. the left. Yeah. So they're saying, "Oh, we apologize for creating all these." Man, that was a rabbit trail. But um, yeah, yeah, so they're, they're the ones who think of it as a racial thing. It's not. We're not trying to really. Uh, it's just fantasy. So anyway. Yeah. So it's like so we have to avoid having certain characters with certain characteristics because someone's gonna think it's racist. No, no, no. I I think it's even it's even sillier than that. It's. I mean, what do you get? How many characteristics are there? You you, you put you put a you put a somebody on two feet. You give them two arms. They have to have some. Are they all going to be translucent? They're going to have no skin color. What kind of noses are going to have? You just take their noses off. We're not going to give anybody noses, so nobody gets accused of being a Jew. We're not going to have anybody yeah. that has any kind of a tan because they're not going to be some, you know, from the Caribbean or. We, we just want to take what? I mean, what the hell is this? Are we just going to be left? Game yeah. of Thrones. You got the Dothraki right there, Mongolian inspired, and there's a million. You take as a fantasy author, you take inspiration from different parts of history. But like you Change said, it up. the associations are never made by anybody no. but those who are who are on the the totalitarian culture raping left. It's just always yeah. the way that it, it goes down. For example, that the way the media uh, handled Donald Trump from 2015 all throughout 16 was a red pill moment for many people. For, for yeah. example, uh, the walkaway movement, Brandon Strzok. The, his big uh, his big watershed moment was actually looking into the things that were projected about the disabled reporter. Right. This, this the move. The yeah. movie does like this, right? The, that um, and and everything else. When you realize that the left first has to think, take something that somebody they don't like says, and they have to twist it in their head to project it as mm -hmm. a racist statement, and then put it at. They're the ones that actually. And they do that so that they can fashion themselves the hero, the savior, that I'm the one protecting this minority class because I'm the one who pointed out how racist this was. Meanwhile, they created the racism in it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, before that, it was just a, an imposing character. You know? They get to brag that they were the whistleblower. Right? Yes. I, I'm not racist yeah. because I, I pointed I it out. I saw this, yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Well, yeah, there, there, there you go. Talk about emotions and talk. It's just a switch gets flipped off. I think most people, most people are reasonable if you get them alone. And if nothing that has been programmed to be a literal trigger uh, is, is approached, you can take these little notes. Wow, that's very interesting how they responded to that, 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 and that. But as soon as it gets even a whiff of politics in it, then wherever they have been stitched into the carpet, they can't move. They can't move and they lose 
all discernment. It's a it's a serious thing. Mark Swan says, speaking of anal beads, I love me some Brittany <laughs> Venti. Bimbo, oh. Bimbo power. Did Bimbo do, power. Oh, is that, is that a thing? Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. There, there's Mark always bringing it in. Um, what else do I have? Uh, over on Rumble, everybody's hanging out. I don't know where, we, uh, where I am on Pilled, but still. I've got a thread here that I want to go through with you guys. It's about metrics. Now, have you ever heard of the dead internet theory? No. Vaguely. No. That well, everything that we interact with on the internet isn't real or something like at that? At this point, it is a mostly dead echo chamber of bots where some probably somewhere around... You know how... I don't know if anybody knows this, but for those who are really considered diehard fans of The Simpsons... Uh, a lot of Simpson diehard fans would say that somewhere around episode, season six or seven is where yep. it was the introduction of what they now call zombie Simpsons, mm. where you know a lot of the original writers left. They stopped writing. They stopped character writing, and they started just getting into I don't know pop the, culture stuff like Family Guy. Yeah, basically, and yeah. They, and they actually lost the essence of each character and and exposing that everything that made them great the first seven seasons or so. Anyway. I think this is around 2010, they believe, that there's a, a fundamental change in the Internet. Here's the TLDR from a wonderful thread I always love reading through to, to get to the crux of it all. Large portions of the supposedly human-produced content on the Internet are actually generated by artificial intelligence networks in conjunction with paid secret media influencers in order to manipulate consumers for an increasing range of newly normalized cultural products. I have been able to jump into that on an economic stock market level too in the past we'll have to do that some other time but the reason why I bring that up as a primer is because I came across this thread and it was from Ellen K. Pow and she retweeted Aram Zucker Sharf now Aram Zucker Sharf said this the numbers are all fucking fake we're talking about metrics on the internet he says the numbers are all fucking fake the metrics are bullshit. The agencies responsible for enforcing good practices are knowing bullshitters, enforcing and profiting off of the fake numbers, and none of the models make sense at scale of actual human users. Now, this is uh, attached to an nymag.com, um, the intelligencer, where here's the, the excerpt. The metrics are fake. Take something as seemingly simple as how we measure web traffic. Metrics should be the most real thing on the internet. They are countable, trackable, verifiable. Their existence undergirds the advertising business that drives our biggest social and search platforms. Yet not even Facebook, the world's greatest data gathering organization, seems to be able to produce genuine figures. That was from 2018. Now, Ellen K. Powell says, it's all true. Everything is fake. Also, mobile user counts are fake. No one has figured out how to count logged out mobile users, as I learned at Reddit. Every time someone switches cell towers, it looks like another user and inflates company user metrics. Now, here's another great post that I want to read through. First of all, just general thoughts from everybody in the room, because metrics and measuring how you're doing is a big part of how we grow and, and shift our... Um, you know our objectives on our career path so what have you noticed and, and what of this is already starting to trigger something in you if nothing is real then the article 
wasn't isn't real. I mean, I don't know. It seems mm-hmm. like a slippery slope philosophically, doesn't it? Maybe they're exaggerating to say that nothing is real. But as far as the, I'll give you an example. This is this is recently actually. I told Lauren about this on SoundCloud, which is where I host my the podcast version of this show, and then it RSSs out everywhere else. On SoundCloud, that is where they aggregate all of, okay, the, the views or the plays that come in from iTunes, from Spotify, and it's all there. Over time, I had seen a very steady and what seemed to be organic growth to, on average, over a seven-day span, anywhere between 250 to 300,000 podcast plays, okay? In the last three weeks, and I contacted SoundCloud about this because I would love for it to be true, I just don't know how it is. Over the last three to four weeks, I have seen a seven-day span on average of close to 620,000 plays across all all episodes over a seven-day span. Every week, we're, we're over half a million and going towards 700,000 now. Now, uh, you can say, well, Frank, what if you're just doing well? Well, I go into the city breakdowns and the country breakdowns and on... I'm t- oh, we're talking tens of thousands of listens, plays that are coming from very obscure American towns. Um, things mm. like, I, maybe it's VPN locations. I don't know, but it is it, it it shot up so quickly. I just don't know what to make of it. I'm suspicious of Have it. Have you I, had any like big or different guests on? lately like i'll i'm sure you guys you'll see like a huge boost after having us on again. <laughs> yeah well listen <laughs> it, it, things have been going steadily i was i was following along a nice trajectory when we were around that 250 to 300k and i but, but that's this, a great number right there yeah. seven days rolling yeah it's over seven days rolling over the whole archive so people are listening to new stuff old stuff they're occupying their time with the show i love that but then it doubles and I, I can't help but be yeah, suspicious. Yeah, I had a boost in like February that we can't really explain, like when it came to YouTube. But I'm gonna be cautiously optimistic, but I'm very, I'm suspicious. Hmm. I, I just wait, so wait. When when did the it start? What a week ago? No, maybe about three or four weeks ago. I said, Lauren, come over here. When did you do Timcast? Uh, I did Timcast a month ago, a month tw- and a half, the 28th of J- June. That's probably it. It could have an effect. I mean, I'm sure you saw a noticeable bump after that. A little bit came into YouTube, but uh, with the couple of thousand that's, that that subscribed to me on YouTube after that appearance, I can't see how that would translate to 300,000 plus aggregate plays addition on podcasts. Maybe a little bit. It it just makes me wonder about platforms, and of course, they all have to do with deal with advertising. And they all have to deal with, they have their own internal um, distribution programs now. Get in with us. We're going to get you more, we're going to get you on certain playlists and things like that. It just makes me wonder, you know? Yeah. There's mm-hmm. even the possibility that you are like mega thwarted somehow. And that was just a oh, flip of released. what you're really taking in. Yeah. There was a moment on Twitter uh, when Elon was getting into it. Yes. And all the conservatives, like a huge swing. Everyone gained followers. Tweets were getting more engagement than normal. Mm-hmm. People on the left were leaving Twitter in droves, and people were saying that's how it actually is. All those bots went away. Yeah, I'll tell you, I had a 
it wasn't like you know I know some of the, like the Hodge twins over the course of that week and a half that mm-hmm. Elon Musk was like I'm taking I'm taking Twitter I'm buying it all of a sudden I started getting notifications of dozens of people at a time following me yeah. and the engagement on tweets yeah and I'm it's a small little account the Hodge twins they were they said we just picked up fifty thousand new subscribers in a a day or a day wow. per day for a week, they kind of leveled off. Well, yeah. they're twins. They have to split all their That's followers. All. They're sharing everything. Absolutely. But well, we see a lot of activity on, uh, like, I like I used to like to tease Brian Stelter and um, the MSNBC people, New Yorker Magazine, of, like, you have a million-plus followers, but your yeah. engagement is worse than mine, which I, <laughs> I have very few followers, but I get a lot of comments. Mm. And... I've always thought it was weird how, and that's why I think the, the this bot theory about Elon talking about there's a certain percentage. Some people even say 80% of Twitter users <sighs> are fake. Whoa. I don't, I don't wow. know. I can't even begin to understand that number. But I do find a lot of people even following me that's just an account with a vague name, George, and then like seven, eight numbers afterwards. And I'm like, that's, that's a bot. I'm sure of it. Yes. And it's only like 15 followers every time. And I get a lot of those people. And I think either it can be one of those farms where, like, you'll see some poor person in the middle of Asia with, like, 70 phones in front of them. And they're all plugged in. And it's yeah. like, okay, I'm just taking turns, like, pretending to be different people. to, Or it could be a bot or anything like that. But I've always thought my numbers, like, I don't look at metrics anymore because I don't think those numbers are real in the sense of, like, say I have my Patreon and I have patrons. Mm-hmm. Those people are actually giving me real money. Those are my, that's my real audience, I think. People who come to see me uh, at a show, let's say, or people I meet in real life, or anyone I interact with, people DM me, that's my real audience. And then whatever number I have on my Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, whatever, that's sort of like my, um, I can bluff with that number. Look how many followers I have. So people can be like, oh, he must be good. I guess I'll read his stuff. Yeah. But the actual people that interact with us, I think that's the real audience. Yeah. It's, 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 the, it's the core that you really have to go over and uh, beyond for because they're the ones that are – they follow you from one uh, platform to the next when things get murky. The most, most grateful – those are the people you have to be most grateful for. And I, I will say this. It was around the time of the inauguration – or the installment, as I say, <laughs> in 2021. The three days leading up to Joe Biden's installment, I was, I said, okay, you know what? Something's fucking going on with my, my YouTube, and I'm going to try something. I deleted every video on my channel. I said, I'm just going to delete it all. Wow. You know, because at this point, things were getting weird anyway. I was like, oh, let's just see what happens if anything unlocks. So I archived everything. Obviously, I have everything I've ever done okay. on, on drives. Yes. Okay. So I batch downloaded everything, and then I just wiped it all out. For three consecutive nights, when I went live, what was on average on YouTube alone, because we were on other places as well, what was on average around 2,500 viewers concurrent was now hovering around 11,000 to 13,000 people. Because you deleted all of your content? And for three nights, the shackles were off, and then we never saw it again. I don't know what the hell, what happened. I don't know what I tickled. I don't know what was done. <laughs> the balls. I, I tickled Did some. Did you cheat using anal beads? I don't know. 
<laughs> that was like the YouTube. A if you can find the YouTube, a that's like the YouTube anal beads, because wow. for three wow. nights and it was gone. Okay, and you know, on average, when uh, the, the Tim Pool has about forty thousand people watching him concurrently at any given time, mm -hmm. and this was this was January twenty twenty one. I had thirteen thousand people pop up and and new people. We were uh, there around the time when I had a con concurrent and average of three hundred viewers at a time on YouTube. Something happened where, for once, we were suggested live on the side of people's... Maybe I need to delete all my shit. Well, you know that every time <laughs> you put anything, they up, if you upload anything, their AI will read all and listen to all the text, turn it into text, like everything you say. And then there's just um, algorithms that comb through every word you're saying. Like if you say the words... Um, I don't know, vaccine hesitancy, stuff like that, they'll de-rank your stuff, right. or they would have last year. So they're looking for certain hot words. The AI is listening to everything you're saying anyway. They'll boost you if you say certain words, mm -hmm. like if you talk about your transition or something. <laughs> they'll boost you because they want that content to be raised up, and then they'll de-rank if you say uh, installment or something like that. Perhaps that's what happened with your account because all those videos that were already de-ranked it was probably then throttling your live streams. Yeah. With those gone, then it's, they do clean look slate. for hot words. That that is true. I, I, I know, but it's, something was changed along the way because as much as it pained me, like the day before, the day before the the inauguration, I did an episode called Something Eve, because we were all still, you know, in the, I was prepared for Joe Biden to be installed for weeks out from there. I was just like, okay, obviously we're going to be made to live through this. But <laughs> Well, he is such a good speaker. You know, but the night I mean, he's the greatest president of all time. All the most time. popular. Yeah, the yeah. Whole, oh, 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 we just we just gained 5,000 followers. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but you know, the night before, I'm still like will Trump cross the Rubicon with the Marines? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, who knows what happens tomorrow. It's something eve. And I think when I got off that night and I had gotten home, it had already had like 75,000 views, and it pained me to delete it. But I said, I'm going to see how long I can keep this up, and I had to delete it. I had to delete it, and eventually it didn't matter if I deleted it or not. It was all capped. So something was exposed for a little while, and then it was patched up. So, yeah, the Internet, I really do not trust. Hmm. Whatever, whoever you think you're watching is probably five times more. Wow. It, ha it has to be. And the popular cool. ones, I think, are being inflated artificially. I've always felt that. Been, even just with cartooning my own like stupid little corner of the internet, a lot of really bad cartoonists are working for the big newspapers and magazines. I'm like, there's no way. There's no way you're making more money than me unless it was artificial like they are installing you and paying you to make crap cartoons and then people like I'm not gonna say myself necessarily but I know people who are really good and hard-working cartoonists and they're barely scraping by a living there's something funny going on. Mm. Well, it's also very Let's easy. Let's all shit on Doonesbury. <laughs> <laughs> it's also very easy to you know buy Twitter followers buy YouTube views and stuff. Yeah but it becomes so obvious. Once you've been in the YouTube game a year, two years, and you study it, you notice the trends where it's like, this person's video usually gets 30 to 50 views. And then all of a sudden, each one has 1,030, 1,050. Mm -hmm. It becomes really clear oh. what they're doing. And it's easy for a company like a, a CNN Plus or whatever the hell it is to just say, you know, we're going to sink 50 grand into this show one way or the other, whether it's on staffing or uh, engineering or promotion. And it's not hard to take 10 grand 
sink it into promoting it, which is just, you know, buying views. And, and you can comments. play with the numbers with likes and dislikes. That's why they got rid of dislikes. Part of the reason. You can't really tell if a video is bombing, like the White House videos mm -hmm. yeah. from the past few months. Oh, you can. Oh, there's other ways. There are, there are plugins. The Chrome I hear. extension. Well, not, yeah. even, no, not even the plugins. I don't even need to peek. You look at the numbers, and then you look at how many, how many, uh, when you have 200,000 views on a White House video. And 10 likes. And yeah. there's 600 <laughs> likes. And there's 600 <laughs> likes, so a two, two, that's yeah. number one. When they disable the comments, that's another. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they, they can't get around it. We know what the hell's going on there. Listen to this article, though, because this will go ahead, and this is the real reason why I wanted to pair these two together. I think you guys will like this. This is from winterwatch.net. Our theory confirms social media is largely fake from September 9th, 2022. Winterwatch has, a long, has long maintained that about half or more of the presence on social media sites is bogus and a scam. We now have confirmation that our tinfoil hat conspiracy theory is true and we were right all along. See yesterday's post. Former Reddit CEO Ellen Powell, we just did that one, uh, revealed to, ex to an extent to which uh, internet traffic metrics from some of the largest tech companies are overstated or fabricated. I read that one before. We'll get on with it. The New York Magazine article by Max Reed goes much deeper, asserting that people are fake. The people are fake. The businesses are fake. The content is fake. Our politics are fake. Reed notes that studied. Uh, uh, Reed notes uh, that studies generally suggest that year after year, less than 60% of web traffic is human. And some years, a healthy majority of it is bot. That's scary. Wow. I mean, where... Who's liking all my thirst traps? I don't... <laughs> no. The horny bots. That's <laughs> the horny bots. That reminds me, uh, Frank, have you heard of AI art? It's been making a huge uh, resurgence lately. Like the horror art? There is horror art, and some of it is really disturbing. But Very. also, AI will paint. Like, you just put in a few keywords. AI will make paintings you can't tell... Like some of won awards, wow. you can't tell that a person didn't make it. It's it's kind of, you know, what's it's, it's what's really weird because I do believe that all of this is since we're getting into spooky season, <laughs> all of this is really uh, the internet. We're going to start seeing how through the co quantum computing and everything else and in human intention, we've already seen. Um, creepypasta inventions like Slenderman mm -hmm. be brought to life through human intention where it's become very, very real. There's children that have tried to murder on behalf of yeah, uh, making an offering. Yeah, two girls tried to kill their friend or yeah. something. Yeah. But now, as far as AI art goes, I was just looking into this thread last night that was sent to me. It said, Frank, I think you'd really like this for some time in October. And it's this woman. That With the messed up face. Her name is Laub. Yo, this is guys. This is fucked up. That scared the shit. Should I be cat, looking this up on is my this phone? The cat lady? I can no. I can send you this 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 thread. If I had the monitor, we can do it together a little bit. There there is this creepy woman. She's not a real person. Not a real person. All AI generated. Wow. That is popping up. L L A U B. I'm getting shivers just thinking about Dude, it. Dude, she and <laughs> she is messed up looking. Something What's to her jump first out name? Me. I can send you guys the links. Um. Uh, but she is. Sh hold on, let me see. Uh, hold dude, what's on. her first name? Wait, wait, wait. Um, I'm just seeing a dude. No, hold on. Wait. Is it L O E B? No. Okay. L A U B. All right, here it is. 
Wait a second. Oh. That, yeah, that's it. Fucking weird. Man, I was looking okay. at that yesterday or the day before. It says, I discovered this woman. This is from somebody called on, on Twitter called Super at, at Super Composite. I discovered this woman who I called L-O-A-B, Loeb, in April. The AI reproduced her more easily than most celebrities. Her presence... <laughs> Looks her, like it in general. Yeah, her, her presence <laughs> is persistent. She haunts every image she touches... Um, and here you go. He says, take a seat. This is a true horror story. Veers sharply macabre. And it does. And I'm going to put it on the screen right now. So turn your eyes if you're scared of stuff like this. But there she is. Now, it's, it's variations of this face. And the AI keep popping up. Um, and and we, got, we have to talk about it sometime. Mm -hmm. L-O-A-B. Um, and the variations are sick. Right. So what happens in these, um, I don't know too much about the AI thing, but like you'll type in certain words. Oh, I found it. Right. I'll type in, I don't know, Christmas tree and you castle. And the AI will make a whole bunch of m mashups of those words together. And what happens over time is these images and themes keep popping up. So then this character, Laub, yeah. Laub oh, what the fuck? apparently keeps popping up in this guy's algorithms. I'm looking at this. Yes. I, I, yeah, so I'm looking like, through the thread. You'll get Jesus all these Christ. images where it's just like m melty faces and weird mm -hmm. blood and stuff. And what if the AI now thinks that this is what people look like? And what's really interesting is I think that's what a lot of our subconsciouses look like. What, if you look I, at uh, impressionist art, and it's huh. like kind of dreamy and mashups of different images. It's, it reminds me of like the scary stories uh, books that I, yeah, yeah. yeah, that I looked at as a kid. It looked almost like, uh, not quite like Oral Stein, not quite like um, Salvador Dali, but yeah. like a creepy, I I have a, a, th a theory that that's what memories look like. Like if I close my eyes and try to remember what certain family members look like, it's kind of like a watery, you know, kind of dance. So, hmm. like, we're making these collages in our heads. So if you take a bunch of images and put them on top of each other with 10% transparency, you can mash up different people's faces and create a new person that doesn't exist. So that's what the AI is sort of doing. It's creating cloned images of different people. This person's eyes. I'll take Chrissy's eyes. Frank, I'll take your mouth. I'll take my huge muscles, and we'll make a new person. And over time, it creates things that don't exist but what ends up happening is a lot of the times a lot of these images look like nightmare fuel yes. yeah oh i know i mean some of it looks like dancy pelosi some of it looks like cara <laughs> Delevingne. Yeah. yeah mostly looks like taylor lorenz oh that's wait a minute that's just a picture of amy, Sh amy schumer never mind <laughs> i just i tagged you guys in, in, in that thread in um Shit. on the twitter thing and i just put it in yeah. all the the chat rooms over here too wow. um no yeah it's, it's the composites and you know I think it was around 2014 or so we started getting that those first generation of of articles about uh, this person doesn't exist and it would be an entire page of faces of people who don't exist that were all AI there's generated. a website that yeah. does that you just hit randomize it just makes a random picture I know so that you, know, you know that there is that's artificial what I had to do when I had to hide my LinkedIn because I was afraid of getting fired I had I took my like details out I, I took my picture away because like people were gonna get me fired because I had a lot of haters so I like I had to like basically bland out my LinkedIn profile so people didn't know it was me mm -hmm. yeah I, I mean th but that's the whole thing you have AI that can obviously take composites of all different types of people and make them into normal mediocre uh, you know gen generically attractive people 
Yeah. So what are the conditions in which we have these David Lynch demon in a box faces that come out of nowhere and they they replicate themselves and they're it, it, it's something that you see over and over again it's almost like there is an entity that wants to make itself known hmm. and it's using artificial uh portals to be able to make its way into a new world <clears throat> i do Sounds think like they the use ring. text too though they'll read comments from all kinds of people and then remix some of the words and sentences so it sounds like an original paragraph but it's just taking pieces yeah. from this and this and this i think a lot of the comments there are ai just scouring the internet i mean google has been doing this for the longest time reading our emails and stuff it's like deep learning what i don't remember what the name of uh, the ai over there is called it just scours the internet absorbing and eating everything including our text that we're saying right now and it's learning how to talk and it's there's a test i can't remember what the name of the test is um, to trick people into thinking that the AI is a real person. Mm. And it's getting so close, I think it's gotten to the point where it's uh, won a few times. You can't tell that the AI is fake anymore because it sounds so normal in English, let's say. Hmm. It, it, it knows how to talk. And so there's all these bot accounts on Twitter, let's say, for instance, where I don't even bother responding to them because I know by the username that it's a fake account. Wow. But it sounds normal. And they say my name, which is weird. They, it's like they're programmed to look at, let's say, instead of my name on Twitter, it's, it was, you know, John Doe. It would say, John, I really like this comic you drew. It doesn't read my comic. It doesn't know that I have a comic. But it's looking at my first name, insert first name, and then take a generic comment from somewhere else and then paste here. It's so basically AI is trained to just be, like, good on a first date, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. I just know all the right things to say. And most of our interactions online are just ships in the night you're just passing by someone oh hey good to see you here yeah great the average online interaction has to be about three, an exchange of three or four messages yeah uh, especially if you're talking in a twitter uh a comment i mean it's everybody comes with their their strongest statement on whatever they're putting an opinion or a joke and the other person adds to it or detracts and then you either get completely, you know, what am I going to do, fight this person all day? And it, 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 the quality gets worse and worse. And you don't even know, because once again, we're so emotional yeah. that we could be, it's like punching the clown, the inflatable clown that comes mm. back and you just do it mm. again. And The whack-a-mole. Yeah. I would not be surprised to see these AIs. Maybe this is all some PSYOP kind of thing where they're trying to create real-world events where it's initiated by an AI, organized by an AI flash mobs exists like can we create a flash mob on this street corner on this day just to see what would happen and maybe it's getting so good now that it's like okay let's create a false flag uh incident on this day at this place and it's completely engineered like no actual person started it or wants to be there but then there's this crowd that just says yeah i'm pissed off about this cause mm -hmm. let's just show up and see what happens i like country music sure let's go yeah <laughs> Yeah, I know. Tell with it. Hmm. Well, hey, um, you know, as far as as far as coordinating people and as far as projecting anything, projecting anything, the internet is just where it is now. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the disconnect is, but it's dangerous. The media is a very very dangerous place. As as useful as as it is and will continue to be. Hell, they're they're creating realities that just are paper thin it's potemkin villages all over the place and um and yeah and, and, it, and it can influence people 
You know, Dr. Robert Epstein talked about that a lot too, with the the influencing through media, um, search engine manipulation. Yeah. So it's it has real world effects, but other than that, I, I think it is just like, I don't know, like batting cobwebs away from your face. You mm. feel a tickle, and you're like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but otherwise, it doesn't really. I don't know. Well, look, now that the lockdown stuff is over and they did that experiment, they got their data that they wanted, I think we should try to do more real-life interactions with people like these things. And We're hanging out in real life, and people are not so scared of uh, meeting each other in real life. It's good to just hang out with people, flesh and blood. Uh, It is. Yeah, I mean, like, what can you really do? If if it's the worst-case scenario, like, what can the average person really do? It's like, okay, make sure what matters your real life is happening offline and that... Hmm the things that make you happiest are not online things. No. This, this is why I like having people come into the studio. It's you know, better than call-ins, really. It's better oh, than yeah. call-ins. It feels good. And um, and, I, and I can't tell you how many, and I'm sure you guys get it too, how many listeners and friends and supporters, they'll reach out and, and they'll say, thank you for these get-togethers with your friends and your family. And, um, you know, I... I haven't had a hangout like that in a long time. It's just if there's something very natural about it, and it uh, it feels good, it does. We need to do more of it. I think uh, the past few years have been an anomaly. We'll, we'll get back to it. We are friends. <laughs> Drink well, alcohol. <laughs> online, you know, people act differently than they do in person. You know, That's if true. I'm going to start a verbal fight with someone online, I would not say half the things if they were standing across from me. Right. Oh, that's the case with everybody. Yeah. That's the case with everybody. And uh, I think that, uh, that needs to be really, really thrown in people's faces. Is just, uh, okay, let's talk. Like, you ever see, for example, like with Fleckus, when Fleckus sends all of his friends to certain places, and they'll, they'll pick out people that have a sign, and they're screaming, and then all of a sudden they're asked one question. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's not the chat room anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not, they didn't, you know, they threw, they threw their one stick into the fire, and it, it didn't have a lot of substance. And uh, who knows, maybe they do go and they reflect on what, where their shortcomings are and whether or not they should actually have ever been there, and maybe they should just take a break. I'm sure a lot of people have done that. Uh, every last person who was interviewed at those women's marches... Oh God! I feel I feel so sorry for them. Yeah, they you can tell they're uncomfortable. Yeah, well, I was an angry feminist, and it's like you're just sort of angry, and you don't know why. And sometimes it takes you years to kind of unravel out of your uh, training, you know. Yeah, it is. Well, anytime you three want to come back, anytime they come back, I'll let you know. You well, can, this was a, I was just in the neighborhood. I know <laughs> this was this worked out wonderfully. I'm so happy to happen because. For a moment there, I'm like, do I really have to tell everybody that you this is like, happening? You were like, fuck it. You were a little bit like, ah. Uh, no, you know. I would have come by anyway to hang out. Good. Just for fun. Good. Well, and, and one of these nights, we'll pack the hookahs, and we could do a whole bunch of stuff. Cr- Chrissy, you, you have, uh, you're going back on the road a little bit. You're going to be in, in Philadelphia tomorrow? Yeah, I'm going to be in Philly tomorrow at the Helium Comedy Club, and then uh, in Jersey this weekend at the Comedy Cove in Springfield, and then Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, the Stress Factory on the 22nd. Nice. So that's close by to here. So what are you doing? What are you doing for the month of October? Ooh, um, we got New Orleans. We got New Orleans and Orlando. Orlando. Frank's brother's getting married. And then we got Content House and the uh, Improv Orlando show on the twenty seventh. Oh, so you're going to be away for most of the month. Um, bit, bits and pieces. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's there's only four weeks in it. It goes fast. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it I, it really does. Doesn't matter. I mean, 
especially now, late September, the year's over. I mean, I, now it's just hold <laughs> just on. Just get to ready it. for turkey. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's going to be Thanksgiving, and I love this time of year. So it's at this point that I'm just like, slow it down. Every leaf that falls, Aww. just soak it up. Yeah. You know, because all of a sudden it's January 3rd, and it, then you're just, you're just sloshing around and bullshit. <laughs> That's yeah. true. You yeah. know? Just trying to keep Shoveling. Your, your hat on, it. your gloves on. You got to find something to do in the winter to make it worth it. Snowboarding. Snowboarding works. Oh, yeah. Well, I have never snowboarded before. You ever skied? No. Skiing's yeah. fun. Tubed? Getting a tube? <laughs> I do pull-ups and dips. That's what I do. In the snow? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, well, anywhere, I guess. Frank, when was the last time you had a, a catch baseball? Last summer. I need to I need to throw, man. I need to throw. If we we, we can air it out one day before the, sure. it gets really Let's cold. Let's air it out. Just let me know. Yeah, we sure. also haven't been to the beach this summer. That's the one thing we missed this summer, right? Yeah. What about you? What, what do you got going on for the next couple of weeks? Uh, weeks? Uh, yeah. Probably nothing. I'm going to be at my it. desk and doing family stuff uh, and getting that store ready. for. Uh, I'm buying some stuff for Aurora. So I can't. Do you let okay. me know when it's up and running? I can't yeah. wait to get some stuff for no, her. No, it sucks because we made a dress for her, but I think by now she probably outgrew it. Probably based on the size you gave me. But we'll we'll try to make a new one. She or turns or two tomorrow, and happy and birthday! Thank Aww. you. She turns two tomorrow, and she's already wearing like three T, four T. Like she's she. When we tell people that she's not even two yet, they're like, "What? I thought you were going to say she was three or four. I said, "Well, hopefully she has better language skills by three or four. But size-wise, she's a healthy girl. Cute. Aww. So, anyway. You don't wear masks around. Right? Nobody no. wears masks. Yeah, they say, like, a lot of kids are growing up and they can't uh, pick up language stuff because of masks oh, and stuff. Yeah. I know. Reading yeah, they, people's faces and stuff. They can't do it. Pick up on nonverbal or body language. Yeah. My mother was, like, my mother, before Aurora was born, because she was born in September of 2020, so it was right in the middle of everything. And uh, my mother and other people were... were, were apprehensive about being around the baby without a mat and I said there's no masks around this baby there's no <laughs> yeah, masks around yeah, yeah. this baby she she, mm. she needs to see her family's faces yeah she needs to see your faces she needs to watch you speak with each other and to her she has to see it all and she has and um, it's I'm, I'm grateful for it that's thank cool. God if she was born in Leanna Wen's fam family she'd be a, a drooling idiot right now but uh, Whatever. But playing piano because all Asian kids play piano by two years old. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm sure the winds will recover. <laughs> but uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. I can't wait to do this again. I don't know. I, I, since you're going to be so busy in October, maybe we look at a November appearance. We could probably do yeah, a we weeknight could probably in October, For though. you, Frank, we'll make it okay, work. Okay, great. So then I'll tell you when they come by. <laughs> and even when That'd they're not, we'll I bring. A, we'll do a catch right here in the studio. We'll <laughs> just be careful. You got it. Yeah, and, and <laughs> obviously, anytime. George, you know I'm in anytime the you want to come by. Sure, thank anytime. you. Anytime. Right. Um, that's all I have to say. So G Prime, at G Prime 85, all over the place. That's right. ChrissyMayer.com. Okay, C-R-I-S-S-I-E. C H R I S S I E M Y R M A Y R M Y R. The spelling doesn't matter. Are you going to Are you going to be taking Pellegrino, or are you going to just keep your stage name? Oh, you got to keep it for the stage. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe we'll keep people guessing for so we don't get doxxed. Yeah. Well, just you know, just take take this, keep the stage name. But I don't know if I want to be a strong, independent woman or not. Well, no, you, you got, you, well, <laughs> listen, it's your life. I would say, Frank, I want your name, honey. But on stage, you're Chrissy Mayer. Absolutely, I think so. Whatever, you make your own choices. Never mind me. <laughs> uh, Frank, anything you want to leave us with? 
Since you're like you the brain. You follow me on Twitter if you want, Frank P614. I got you all. That's all I got. Got you all tagged in this, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of the the month. And thank you guys for coming here and and being patient with me because this this was a near disaster. Thanks again to Jim Lee at Climate. You kept your you kept your composure he though. Did. If it was me ten years ago, it would not have been good. <laughs> I have grown a lot. That's all I'll say. I don't get mad at Yankee games anymore nearly as badly as I used to. Are they on right now? I, they're playing the, the Red Sox right now, and uh, Judge just hit his 56 home run. Wow. Nice. It's been a couple days. It's been a few days. Yeah. He's still got some time, but uh, whatever. You know? What does he have to just get to 60? 61. Yeah. 60 is pretty awesome. 60 is great. I'm thrilled if he gets 60. If he ties Ruth, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but if he at least gets to 61, that's, that's pretty... In- Incredible. 62, and you got some great debates uh, for the next 10 years. What do you think that is? What the debates are? Yeah. Juice, no Who's the juice. real record holder? Is yeah. it Bonds or is it Judge? Oh, well, in American League, in the American League, it's... No, for the real thing, because then you question uh, all the steroids in the performance-enhancing drugs. If it weren't for steroids, I do not think that... Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> Bonds gets to set, what, 73? 73. 73 wow. home runs. It's retarded. Do you follow baseball at all? Vaguely. That's yeah. ridiculous. But I understand, yeah. 73 is ridiculous. Yeah. So, and everybody ever asks you, is Bonds the true home run king? Go, eh, I don't know. 73 is too much. Okay. Just remember that line. All right. Okay, that's it for everybody. <laughs> Thank you guys. Chrissy, Frank, George... I will see you guys soon. And everybody at home, uh, thank you again for everything. Let me just make sure I did not miss anything in the Super Chats. Though it was an awkward night with Super Chats. I'm sorry for that. Oh, here we go. Uh, 394 says, great show. Since you freaked me out, I was run- I was kind of scared. YouTube, look up Billie Eilish demonic possession. It's the freaky. She bends backwards and looks evil. That was a little fragmented. But apparently... Hmm. Billie Eilish demonic. Well, she. I already said Billie Eilish is pretty much the. Is if heroin became a person. <laughs> yeah, she's like a sh- a blonde shell. I can't. I don't. Know, I don't understand the whole female pop star headshot thing where they all their eyes roll in the back of their heads. Their their tongue is hanging out. I think she was oh. molested or something. No, that's oh, it's an anime. Uh, thing. Gagu or something. It's an anime like. <laughs> George knows what I'm like trying to say. Like you're supposed to look like you're coming fun. or something. Oh. Ahigaho. I'm close, right? Sure, Ahi sure. tuna. <laughs> yes. Wait, exactly. wait, 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 wait. This is the thing. What yeah. is it? There is a trend. There's. It all comes from Japan. There's beautiful Japan and there's crazy Japan. <laughs> And Crazy Japan invents all these different words that I won't say. Of uh, in this case, it's uh, it's an ecstasy face, I suppose, where they cross their eyes and stick their tongue out, sort of. Oh, okay. Well, I, this, oh, wait, not the drug ecstasy. It, it's sexual no, ecstasy. You're coming. Uh, I don't think that that's what I was trying I was to be just doing, though. Polite. Yeah. Oh. There, there's there's something else. No, though, no, you're right. Because there's not a crossing of the eyes with eyelash. It's more of a, I I'm just passing out. I just shot up. Oh. I just shot up. Oh. And I, I'll see you oh. later. It, it, yeah, it's like well, that. Well, her, her shtick seems to be drug-related, if I remember. Because I think she was molested. I think she's like a Hollywood toy. She also, I, I mm. saw uh, in somewhere, uh, she it was a write-up somewhere how she talked about her own <clears throat> porn addiction and how bad it is and all that stuff. I'm telling you, it gets everybody. She got Weinsteined. I think so. No doubt. Some, well, somebody. How, how not? How do you not? Larkstar says, Aurora, we adore you even twice as much that you are now two. We love you, uh, little nugget. That's funny. Uh, one last thing before I go. Um, 
Stosu, by the way, says, good Tuesday night, Frank and guests. Just a little contribution for the excellent independent media. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Um, yesterday, when we were sitting down with the priest, we opened up with a, with a, with a prayer, and he wanted to include, a, you know, obviously it was a prayer for Aurora because we were there meeting about her. And before he said her name, he said, I have an urge to call her Chicken Nugget. And because <laughs> he watches the show, and... I always ask her, you know, are you a chicken nugget? And she says, no. <laughs> um, you guys probably don't know that part. But it's just funny to hear a priest That's pray cute. pray for a chicken nugget knowing it's it's Aurora. Aww. It's cute. So it, it's go she's going to, I don't know, maybe she'll like that one day, that this is how we have uh, we've painted her for the world. All right, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, thank you for everything. We will see you tomorrow. Oh, no, no, I will see you Thursday. Tomorrow I'm off. But uh, I don't know, look around for a midday porch stream or something like that. Thanks for everything. We will catch you around. Bye-bye. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience, and now our super chatter, starting with 394, Larkstar, Stostube, Captain Cast Iron, and the uh, the unstoppable Mark Swan. We'll see you on Thursday. Don't be late.